victory over number one Alabama. First time the Crimson Tide have been number one in college basketball in 20 years. It didn't last long. Good win by Tennessee. And we check in with our guy Vince Ferrara, 99-1, the sports animal there in Knoxville. Vinny, how you doing? How was last night? Good voice. It was loud. <laughs> no surprise there. But, yeah, it was it was really interesting to see Tennessee down two starters to be able to rise up and have that kind of performance. Uh, weren't expecting it, but with this team, you, you couldn't rule it out either. It's just they, they've got ability and they can defend, and their defense came back in that game. What's going on with Josiah James? Are they gonna, is this a guy they're going to be able to count on being available down the stretch? It, if it was if it was what he was hurting from a knee prior to or earlier this year where he had the setback and had to lose time, then I would say, ooh, this can be chronic. But he turned his ankle in the Vanderbilt game, so it's different. I I was thinking about this today. I wouldn't rush him back. He, he is if you're doing anything in the postseason stringing wins together in that kind of stage and as much as you need to be able to uh, make the most out of uh, your uh, your opportunities and he can switch and play any of the five positions defensively, uh, you're going to need him. And so I would not rush him back. Frankly, I wouldn't rush Julian Phillips back. I think Phillips might be a little bit ahead of, of James and neither one of them, their status hasn't been declared yet. Uh, but Julian wasn't wasn't decided on until late. Going to kind of see how that hip would go. Uh, he originally tweaked it in practice, and then he tried to play last game, or the, the, his last game uh, that he played in, in a couple of games ago, and then wasn't able to to go very long in that last loss. So uh, he's he may get back sooner, but I, I, this isn't seemed season ending, and because it's different than the knee that had been giving him problems earlier when he missed time, I, I think when he's ready, he'll be back out there. What was the atmosphere? Set, it, set the scene for us. What was it like last night in Thompson Bowling? It, from, the, from the jump, and it really it helped that Tennessee got off to a good start. right Against Kentucky, it was more difficult for the fans to be full throw. And they had, they had their moments when they tried to help the team through, but Man, it is packed as it was. Tennessee getting off to a really good start and hitting threes, and they were full throat from the jump. The student section is standing room only now. They they only sit down at halftime. Uh, actually, on the the, the not even their name is their name seats. The seats are completely gone. They just sit on the on the rows where they're standing on. Uh, so it's uh, it's loud and you know, they're chanting and um it's uh it's really good they do tennessee has a really good job with their sterling hinton who was a former quarterback at tennessee djs at neyland stadium uh he's a pretty well known and desired dj and a super guy i mean total hype guy for tennessee he and tennessee's presentation do an awesome job and so uh, because the student section is is been as engaged as they've ever been and as loud as they've ever been, it, it was really really loud, especially in those peak moments when they'd get offensive, when they get threes, but then also when they'd get a big block. A do had a block at the rim or a key steal 
to help them close out the game. They they react to a lot of things there, so it, it was it was pretty special. I think Alabama averages like eighty two points a game. How in the world did they hold them to their lowest out offensive output of the season in fifty nine? It was as good of a defensive performance as I can remember in a while. I, I don't want to make ever declarations. A lot of basketball. Seeing it in person was impressive, and that's without two starters. And you could argue that Josiah Jordan-James might be their best defender. He's their most versatile defender. He's a glue guy that communicates defensively. And then Julian Phillips has the best one-on-one defensive numbers. Like, opponents shoot the lowest percent when he's their primary defender of the shooter uh, among all their guys. And he has length and position versatility also. The, the, without those two guys, the, Tennessee was special. What they did was they uh, didn't give Alabama the opportunity to drive in the lane. Uh, Alabama, everything they do is hard cuts to the basket. I think we talked about it on Monday. Alabama doesn't just jack up a bunch of threes and make them. They put you in conflict because they make threes, but then they cut their guards cut hard to the basket and drive to the basket. So that makes it really difficult for you to be able to not cheat over and try to help on the drive and then still get out to their shooters. Well, they weren't allowing some of those drives. They were cutting them off. And the the, the MVP last night for Tennessee didn't score, and that was Jemai Meshack. As impactful a 27 minutes of no points three rebounds as you will find in college basketball this year. He got the primary assignment on Brandon Miller, and Miller is going to get some of his, and he did with 15 points and 10 rebounds. But, man, Miller is capable of so much more, and they they frustrated him and they frustrated Alabama's guards. Nate Oates said afterwards in the postgame, we weren't prepared for their physicality. We tried to emulate it in practice with our scout team, and you can't. They have different personnel, so you can't replicate that in practice. And so they, their physicality is one of the differences, and uh, they, they frustrated our guys. We didn't handle it well, and they got under them. And that's that. Tennessee, uh, uh, Alabama was not prepared for Tennessee's physicality, and the officiating helped because they weren't calling every little bit of body contact. And Tennessee took advantage of that. Uh, Tennessee was tremendous defensively and getting out to the shooters and uh, not allowing those drives. It, it really frustrated Bama. They still got some of theirs, but to hold that team to 59, like you said, Darren. Um, man, incredible. And they're able to turn Alabama over. I know Alabama fans are thinking, yeah, if we don't turn the ball over, then we don't lose that game. Tennessee had a lot to do with that. It wasn't the unforced. And the unforced sometimes comes after you're really grinding just to try to get some space and you try to make something special happen. Tennessee outscored Alabama in points off turnovers 26-2. to Nate Oates said that was a difference. Mm. That was more than the margin of of victory there for Tennessee. So I saw on Twitter events there was some uh, cigar smoke floating around 
uh, the arena last night. Did you notice some of that? I didn't notice it. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that if it was fans. <laughs> the media yeah, yeah. kind of joked with the media joked with Rick Barnes after he was done with his post game. Like, hey, you gonna get a cigar? He's like, no. We, we got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. I mean, that, of course, even if he did, he wasn't gonna say, "Oh yeah, I'll light one up right now." Uh, but uh, he's not that kind of guy anyway. But. Yeah, and and there was actually there was people were putting uh, Tennessee basketball did it. They put Jonas Adu's face and photoshopped it over Peyton Manning in that picture of Peyton Manning and Jalen Hyatt in the in the uh, locker room, both smoking a cigar after Tennessee beat Alabama. So uh, <laughs> the, the, everyone had fun with that. I was already in the press room, so I didn't smell any, thankfully, but. It would not surprise me if some students uh, were partaking. Yeah, ha- having a little fun with this uh, wh- while you can here. Um, what does this do for this team? I mean, I would say, oh, it's a real confident booster for Tennessee, but I don't feel like this team was uh, lacking in confidence. They were just, you know, not catching a couple of breaks the last few games. What, what does this win really mean? It's a reminder what this team is capable of when they're dialed in, especially defensively. And, again, sorry to keep referencing Nate Oates, but he made a lot of really good points, and I think they're they're worthwhile because it's coming from the coach of the number one team who just got beat by them. But he said they showed why they're the number one team, uh, defensive team in the country, not just number one three-point defense team in the country number one defense in the country so that that is is what they showed they had the two games where it was not good 24 made threes against them what was crazy is they were still ranked number one in three-point defense even after those two games that's how far ahead they were of everybody else (laughs) defending the three uh and they're still incredibly good uh, or were incredibly good in a lot of defensive categories so uh, that that's that's where they hang their hat for sure to me though what will make a difference for this team is they need that defense but they also need some offense and last night they uh, were able to sort of manufacture their way into enough buckets there were some tough baskets that they made they had first career double double from Jonas Adu. Uh, Olivier Kamwa had his his moments, um, and Santiago Vescovi gave him enough, and he was better at the free throw line. Tennessee, we talked about the free throw line a lot. 16 of 25 from the free throw line. Still didn't create fast break points, but they didn't give up fast break points, so they didn't get housed there. They have to get some more free dead ball. Uh, free easy baskets and dead ball with free throws and, and fast breaks. And without two really good players, sort of you know, manufacture the way. But the offense is what's going to take this team deep in the tournament if their defense doesn't let up. It was a reminder of what they're capable of with how good that defense is. Vince, can you talk to me about if this kind of basketball or how much the tournament with some – more close, intense games, uh, the SEC tournament, will help them get ready for March, uh, deeper in March here. Because let's let's not kid ourselves, as you said a few weeks ago, 
the expectation for this team is still extremely high. Uh, Elite eight or final four, they got to start priming themselves to take on high competition all the time. Yeah, you want to, and coaches will tell you, you want to be playing your best ball at, at the end or you know, going in with some momentum into the tournament. Then again, last year they won the SEC tournament in Tampa. They were playing as good as anybody, and they still ended up losing in the second round. So there's plenty of examples of both. When you don't figure it out until you start the tournament and then suddenly you find yourself uh, yourselves and you get on a roll and your confidence level goes to another level and you get the right matchups and then you go on a run when people didn't expect it. And for some, they just – continue to play well and that carries over and and it's sustained and it's useful to your to your question justin i i think that's where coaches would prefer to be and then just not have the the letdown in the tournament um and you know look this team has had now they have a couple guys out of lineup but i think you want to get them back and then make sure it's working with all those pieces uh, again because look jamai mayshack He's taking some minutes. Now where do those minutes go? Okay, you get Julian Phillips back. You get Josiah Jordan-James back. They're going to get their fair share of minutes. Where are those minutes going? That If now you have Meshack, who is one of the better perimeter defenders in the country, the way this guy moves laterally and how bouncy he is, Brandon Miller, a top-five pick, I mean, he did an amazing job against him, as good as anybody has done, and Miller is five, six inches taller than he is, and he was still able to do it. So if now he's carved his way into some minutes, you've got to figure those things out as the season goes down the stretch. Look, there's some losable games the rest of their schedule. I imagine we'll get to it here in a second. So they still have some things to work out when you get everybody back. You mentioned the confidence level. I don't think their confidence level ever dipped. They just had a little bit of a rough patch, and they look great, but there's no guarantees moving forward, honestly. All right, final minute. Let's talk about the game Saturday afternoon. It'll be a noon tip here in Nashville in Lexington on CBS, Kentucky and Tennessee on CBS, noon tip Nashville time. This is a huge one. Uh, How do you – obviously, Kentucky went into Knoxville – and shocked everybody on that Saturday game where they really controlled the game and got the win. How can Tennessee keep the momentum going from last night's victory, carry into a win that they need? I mean, they they need to beat Kentucky on Saturday in Lexington, but it won't be easy. Absolutely, because now the, there's a little bit of a log jam, jam there for three through six. Uh, or at least three through five in it for the SEC tournament, these games matter and the head-to-head matters. And Kentucky's already got one in the back in their back pocket over Tennessee. If they beat them again Saturday, they own any tiebreakers if their record is the same. And guess what will be the case? Their SEC record will be the, the same. Uh, if Tennessee loses to Kentucky and Auburn beats Vanderbilt on Saturday, Auburn's record is the same as Tennessee. So, Kentucky would hop Tennessee. Tennessee would have the tiebreaker over Auburn. But now Tennessee is looking at a at a four seed with only you know maybe a, a with only a a tiebreaker lead uh, to fall out of the top four in that double bye, which is very important. 
So it's there's not a whole lot of margin for error here. Kentucky's going to be certainly very motivated. They're trying to get into the NCAA tournament, much less their seeding in the SEC tournament. The, the biggest thing is Tennessee has to have the advantage in turnovers because Kentucky, with their athleticism, they can get out and make you pay on the break. And Tennessee uh, uh, limited Alabama from being able to run on them last night, and they didn't turn it over. And so they, they need to have that that not be a factor against them. The other thing is Tennessee needs to make their twos. That That's what killed them against Kentucky because Kentucky extended their defense beyond the three-point line, didn't allow clean looks from three. Tennessee wasn't making their bunnies around the rim. They weren't making their two-point jump shots. And so if they're not going to make those, they better rebound them. And you have Oscar Sheebway to deal with there on the glass as well. So um, that those are a couple of keys is the, the turnover margin, uh, their two-point shooting, and then rebounding to, in case you're not making those twos. And it, it, I, I would expect a much better and closer performance for Tennessee versus what we saw at Thompson Bowling Arena. All right, good stuff. We'll see how it all shakes out on Saturday. We'll talk about it on Monday with you. Thanks for uh, joining the show. Have a great rest of your day. All right, you guys are the best. Appreciate you. Vince Ferrara, 99-1, the sports animal there in Knoxville.